Grace, mercy, and peace here from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning comes from Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came up from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So far, God's holy word. Desperate times call for desperate measures. That's a saying, isn't it? When luck seems to be going against you and all your plans and backup plans have failed, you become desperate and might lead you to do desperate things. Most often, this desperation rears its head in life and death situations. That was the case for Aaron Ralston. In 2003, Aaron was hiking in Buell John Canyon in Utah when he accidentally dislodged a boulder and it pinned his arm against the wall of the canyon. There he hung for five days. He did not tell anyone about his hiking plans, so there were no rescue crews coming after him. In an act of desperation, Aaron broke his own arm and proceeded to amputate it in order to free himself from the boulder. He propelled himself the rest of the way down the canyon and proceeded to walk six miles before he was found by a family on vacation. In a desperate situation, Aaron went to desperate measures in order to survive. Survival is built into human nature. When hard-pressed, human beings will do just about anything they can in order to survive. What about for the Christian? When do desperate times result in desperate measures being taken, and what are those desperate measures? For the woman in our text this morning, it was her daughter being severely possessed by a demon. She went through desperate measures in order to find help and healing for her daughter. She desperately sought out for the one person who could help her, and desperately held on to him in faith until he gave her what she was asking for. What this woman did is an example for all Christians every day of our lives. In the same way that she clung to Jesus in faith, so also we, with the desperate faith, cling to a desperate Savior, to our Savior who is desperate to save us. Now, prior to meeting this woman, Jesus was in the land of Galilee. When scribes and Pharisees came up from Jerusalem, 
to confront Jesus and argue with him. The scribes and Pharisees accused his disciples of defiling the law of God because they did not wash their hands before they ate. Now you will not find a commandment in the Bible that says, Thou shalt wash your hands before you eat. This was a tradition that was conjured up by the elders. Now, it's not a bad thing to do, but they made it equivalent to God's law, and that was wrong for them to do. This hand washing became a form of works righteousness. And so Jesus refuted their accusations, and he pointed out to the scribes and Pharisees and to his disciples that though they appeared holy to the people around them, they were sinners just like the rest of the people. Man is defiled because the sins of the heart are what defile a person and make them unholy. After this heated exchange, Jesus felt the need to go away from the crowds for a while. So he goes up to the land of Syrophoenicia. He wanted to get away so he could teach his disciples. So he went to an area that still had Canaanites living there and no Jews were present. The idea was that there wouldn't be anyone up there that knew who he was and the crowds wouldn't be present. And this is where we meet this Canaanite woman in her first act of desperation. We are not told how she heard that Jesus was in the area, especially because he came here in order to not be found. And yet, upon hearing about Jesus' presence, she sought him out. Now put yourselves in her shoes for a moment. Your daughter is possessed by a demon. Demon possession at that time was common and would sometimes result in physical harm coming to the one who was possessed. That's not to mention the emotional and mental harm and spiritual distress that it will cause. And despite your best efforts to find help from among your own people and superstitions, nothing would help your daughter. But out of a the blue, there comes this rumor that a teacher from Judea was in the area who was known for healing people. What would you do? On the basis of rumor, would you go in search of this one man who could be anywhere in the countryside? Well, that's exactly what this woman did. Desperate times called for desperate measures. And we don't know how long she had to search in order to find Jesus, but she did not stop until she found him. There is one thing that we do know about this woman in that she had faith in Jesus as her Savior before she even met him. Her first words revealed this. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, my daughter severely demon-possessed. She calls out to Jesus by using a term from the Old Testament that was used as a mark of the promised Messiah. She was not simply a, Can a pagan Canaanite woman that figured she would find this random healer to help her daughter. No, she came to Jesus with a desperate faith. She had nothing left. She had nothing to give. And all she could do is ask her Savior for help 
on the basis of his mercy. And that takes faith. Do you ever find yourself bargaining with God in your prayers? Lord, I will give up this vice if you help me overcome this obstacle in my life. Or, God, I promise to go to church more if you give me success, money, family, etc., etc. That's not how God works. God does not want you to come to Him like He is the owner of a pawn shop that can be bartered with. You and I have nothing whatsoever to offer Him. By nature, you, me, and that Canaanite woman are all the same. In the same way that Aaron's arm was pinned to the wall of that canyon and he hung there helpless, so also God's law pins us down according to our sins. Our failure to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Our failure to do good to our neighbors and those who hate us. Our failure to do anything pleasing in God's sight puts us in this desperate situation. So what can you do? The same thing that this Canaanite woman did. In desperate times, call out in desperate faith. This faith is not desperate in the sense that it has no hope. The faith that you and I have and the faith that this woman had recognizes the impossible situation that you and I are in and that your only hope for life is found in the mercy of God. A desperate faith relies completely on God's mercy. It takes all baggage, all weight of distress, and it puts it on the Lord and says, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. And God does have mercy. It may not appear like it in the case of this woman's request, at least not right away. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. First, he completely ignores her, and then he compares her to a little dog. That's mercy? Well, believe it or not, Jesus is not dismissing this woman's request. He is testing her faith. His mission on this earth was first to reach his own people, the Jews. That's why he said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This did not exclude Gentiles or non-Jews from receiving his help. Jesus healed the Roman centurion's servant, after all. And the message of Christ crucified would go out to the Gentiles at the proper time. He says in John 12, 32, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. So here is Jesus' test. It is not good to take the food from the table, which is set before your children, and throw it to the house dogs for them to eat first. Now, we would all agree with that. No one would dare to think to give their dogs a food that was meant for their children 
before their children have a chance to eat. So his point is that he was sent to reach his own people with the food of the gospel first. Now instead of getting discouraged and taking what Jesus said as a dismissal to her, in her desperate faith, she continues to cling to her Savior. And her response proves that. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She concurs with the fact that Jesus' mission was to the Jews first. But even the house dogs feed on the crumbs which come from the master's table. Now in Jesus' day, the tables were not like what we have today. The tables were much lower because they often reclined on like a couch in order to eat. So these crumbs that fall do not fall by mere accident, but they are picked up by the master and they are thrown down to the dogs. What is she saying then? The Gentiles receive happily the crumbs or the bits of mercy that is tossed down to them from the master's table. Yes, Jesus was sent to the Jews first, but his mercy extends to everyone. That is what the woman clung on to. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Jesus rewards her for her desperate faith because her desperate faith was solely in his grace and mercy. She was not bartering with God, but asking him for grace because he had already shown her grace by being her Savior. And this is what it means to have a desperate faith. It clings to the Savior always. When it appears that God is not answering your prayer, it clings to the Savior and it prays more fervently for His mercy. When trials rise up before you, a desperate faith goes back to the great love your Savior shows for you when He died for you. And it clings to that love which will bring deliverance from every trial. Now this desperate faith is contingent on that object of faith. That is to say, it all depends on what you put your faith in. The Canaanite woman placed her faith solely in her desperate Savior. And I don't mean desperate in the sense that Jesus had his back against the wall and had to go to extreme measures. No, desperate in this sense describes the attitude Jesus has towards lost sinners like you and me. He is desperate to save. Another way to describe this desperation is love. His love brought him to this earth to live. His love brought him to the people of Israel to call them to repentance. It is his love that did not dismiss this Canaanite woman, but called her to himself to strengthen his faith, her faith for salvation. It is this love that took Jesus to the path of the cross. Your God, Jesus Christ, was desperate to save you to the extent that he took every single one of your sins upon him on the cross. In fact, Jesus took you 
on the cross with him. When he died on Good Friday, it is as if you died with him. Paul says as much in Romans chapter 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Jesus' very life, death, and resurrection is your own possession. His spotless record is now your spotless record through your baptism. And this is the object of your faith, your Savior who is desperate to save you. With Him as your object, your faith is not futile. Your faith can go to God with whatever request and cling to Him on the basis of His grace and mercy. He has already shown this grace and mercy to you. A desperate faith clings to a desperate Savior. Now I pray that none of you find yourselves walking through the midst of desperate situations in this life, like that which happened to Aaron. But if you do, whether it be physical, mental, or spiritual, remember your desperate faith. A faith that has nothing to cling to but your Savior, who gave up his life for you. And he took it up again, so that he might be all things to you. Let your desperate faith rest in him. And he promises that he will answer you according to his grace and mercy. Amen.